Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Government Digital Service podcast. My name's Angus Montgomery, I'm a senior writer at GDS and for this episode I'm going to be talking to Neil Williams who is the head of Gov.uk and Neil is leaving GDS shortly for an exciting new job Um, so we're going to be talking to him about that and also talking to him about his time at GDS because he's been here since the very beginning. Um, So I hope you enjoyed this episode and um, let's go straight into the conversation. Yeah, I've seen, a, I've seen a job somewhere else and um, it's an amazing opportunity for me. I'm going to Croydon Council. Um, so leaving not South only London. GDS, South London. South London is the, is the place to be, <laughs> I have to say. Uh, so yeah, but not only leaving this, um, GDS, but leaving the civil service, actually. You know, oh, wow. Because uh, local government is not the civil service, yeah. of course. Um, to go and work in, yeah, in Croydon as chief digital officer um, for the council there. They've got a lot of ambition. Yeah. Uh, it's a really exciting time for, for Croydon which uh, people laugh when I say that. Uh, <laughs> I Croydon, just laugh Croydon, as well, I didn't mean. <laughs> I know, I know. Croydon has this reputation that is completely completely unwarranted and we're going to prove the world wrong. Um, it's changing massively. It's, all, it's already gone, a lot, gone through a lot of change. You're probably aware of some stuff around, you know, it's got a box park and there's yeah. a lot of uh, reporting around the Westfield, Hammerson development that might be happening, um, which you very much hope is happening, but also Croydon Tech City. So, yeah. you know, Croydon's got a lot of... Um, growth in the tech industry, tech sector, fantastic companies starting up and scaling up in Croydon. Um, and that's all part of the story. Uh, plus, you know, the, the stuff that's more in, in my wheelhouse that I've been doing here in GDS around transforming services, making, you know, making the public services that Croydon provides to residents and businesses to be yeah. you know, as, as good as they should be, as good as everything else that people expect wow. uh, in, their, you know, in their day-to-day lives using digital services these days. So not much on your plate then? Yeah, it's quite a big job. Um, I'm excited about it. It's, uh, there's a lot about it that's new, um, which is, you know, it's kind of giving me a new uh, sort of lease of energy. Yeah. Uh, the fact that I've got this big challenge to, to face and uh, lots of learning to do, which is, it sort of reminds me a lot about how I felt when I first started joining GD, to start yeah, working yeah. GDS. In yeah. fact, you know, kind of just how exciting I found, I found the prospect of coming and working for this organisation and being part of this amazing, you know, revolution. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling that again, actually, about the job in Croydon, about the work to be done there. It's just a... Uh, it seems like the right time. Yeah. It's a sort of perfect kind of time and place and, you know, where I am in my career. Yeah. Um, those things coming together, it's a, it's a really good match. And um, so it came up uh, and I uh, put in for it and lo and behold, I am now Chief Digital Officer in Croydon Council from, from mid-October. You've been at GDS really since, well, since before the beginning, haven't you? So... Seven, yeah. eight years? Yeah, I was working out this morning. Seven years and two months. Seven years and two months. So I was I was 34 when I started working in GDS. <laughs> I'm 42 now. I just had my birthday last week. Full disclosure. Um, yeah, like so that. that's, you know, that's uh, <clears throat> maybe too much information to be sharing. <laughs> um, but, you know, so I, I didn't have grey hair when I started. I was, my, my youngest child was, like, just born. Um, wow. And he's nearly eight now, so... Uh, yeah, I've been, it's been a really big part of my life. So you can track your kind of late 30s and early 40s through images of you standing in front of number 10. Yeah, and unfortunately, quite a few embarrassing pictures of me on the GDS Flickr. <laughs> there have been a few uh, regrettable outfits for, for celebrations of like, mil- milestones of like, launching launching Gov.uk and celebrating Gov.uk birthdays, where I've, uh, looking back on it, I may not have worn those things. I've known I was going to be on the internet forever. <laughs> Actually, now you say that, there's been an image of you, um, trying to remember, I think it's at the Design Museum when GovUK won the designs of the year, and you're wearing a, a Robocop. Yeah, t-shirt. I am. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell that story if you like. So that's one of my proudest GDS moments, I think. Um, maybe we'll get to that later. Do you, do, you want, do you want me to do it now? Well, no, let us know where that came from. Because this is, well, just as a bit of context, because um, I've kind of gone straight into that. But 
Um, Neil, you've been head of Gov.uk really since the beginning, and in 2012, um, shortly after Gov.uk Gov. launched, it won the Design Museum's Design of the Year Award, which is an incredible accolade. No, can't remember what it beat, but it, I mean, it beat several sort of you know. So it's, that's one of those awards where they judge things like buildings and cars and new products and mad graphic design so for a government website to win that award was really incredible I think. Yeah so I'm told it's actually um, we're talking about it the other day and, and uh, Mark Hurrell the head designer on Gov.uk he said uh, it's actually the first time a website ever won really? uh, that award which I'd completely forgotten and um, yeah it was amazing so that was uh, yeah 2013 we'd launched Gov.uk um, in 2012 uh, as in replacing, you know, Direct Government Business Link, which mm. were the previous kind of big super sites for, you know, public services. Uh, and then we were kind of well into the, the next phase, which was, you know, shutting down and replacing all of the websites of departments of state. Yeah. And I was very much working on that bit of it uh, at the time. And my head, my head was down and, and working very, very, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of attentively in, um, uh, in this kind of very crazy timescale to uh, shut down those websites. Uh, and start and then starting to look at how we're going to start, you know, closing down the 350, the websites of 350 like arm's length bodies. So yeah. a huge project. And in the midst of that, okay, in, in the midst of that sort of um, you know f- frantic, busy period, someone approached me. It was Tom Loosemore, Etienne Pollard, one of those one of those sort of early GDS leaders, saying, "Oh, there's there's an awards ceremony. You know, we've been nominated for award, an award, and we need some people to go. Can, yeah. can you can you? Go we to need it? some people to go. That's, that's an yeah, attractive. Yeah, like we need a few people to make sure you know we're represented. To fill there. the seats. <laughs> uh, and I now know that they knew that we were going to win. Um, oh wow! Uh, but I didn't know that at all at the time, and I didn't really think much of this. I thought, oh yeah, fine. Yeah, I'll go along. I'll go along to that. That's no problem <laughs> at all. Um, I think it was the same day. I, I'm not sure whether it was that same day or a different day and I was given notice. But anyway, I didn't think much of it. I didn't dress up for the occasion. Yeah. So I rock up to the design museum uh, in my in my jeans and in my my Robocop T-shirt, um, OCP logo on it. <coughs> and, uh, uh, and the evening included quite a lot of free alcohol. Um, it was quite a glitzy affair and I was definitely underdressed for the occasion. <laughs> uh, but I thought that's fine, you know, we're just here to kind of, you know, be, a, be part of an audience yeah. and you know, hanging around at the back, having the free canapes, partaking of the, the plentiful free free wine that was being distributed. distributed. And then um, Griff Rees-Jones, who was presenting the award, gets up on stage and uh, announces uh, the winners in each category and, you know, we won our category and, you know, much, much sort of triumphant sort of jubilation and yeah. celebration, and then went on to reveal that we won the whole thing. We, you know, we won the Design of the Year Award as a whole, which then led to this photo call, by which point I was quite drunk as well. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I had no idea this was going to happen. Uh, and, yeah, so there's that famous photo of, of um, you know, the, a bunch of GDS people accepting the award yeah. and all quite smartly dressed apart from, apart from me, sort of letting, <laughs> letting the side down with my, uh, with my Robocop T-shirt. Well, tell me, tell me how you got involved in, in this thing in the first place. Because you, uh, you, you've been in the civil service before, but you're not sort of a career civil servant, are you? Or you hadn't uh, been... Well, yeah. So I'd like to think of myself as not being a career civil servant. I start. I started in the private sector in um, in a communications publishing agency. Uh, it was a magazine agency. I thought I wanted to be a journalist. Actually, yeah. when I, I you know did English at university, thought I wanted to be a journalist. Went into publishing. Was sort of passionate about about publishing and you know the kind of um, the power of the printed word and you know distributing information to people, equipping them with 
with information informing people and so forth and um, went into corporate publishing as a way to kind of learn you know about publishing yeah but whilst I was working for that company the the internet was was becoming a you know a bigger deal a, a bigger thing um, I was also mucking around in my spare time with like comedy websites and that was known by my employers who then said you know as they were starting to think about how do we how do we get in on this yeah um, they asked me if I wanted to run the the London office of their you know kind of new uh, digital uh, offering to their clients yeah. and I saw you know leapt at the chance so that was a really good leg up for me and, and that's where I learned uh, about digital about building websites so that was a great place where I sort of learned you know that's where I, you know, I said I wanted to be in publishing uh, and journal you know journalism kind of you know it, the kind of information is power thing excite, excited me and, and of course you know doing that digitally doing that online massively more 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 so um, you know more empowering people and fell in love instantly with the uh, you know, the immediacy of what you get with, with publishing to the web and providing services over the web and getting the feedback and being able to improve yeah. um, based on the fact that, you know, you can, you can see in real time what users are doing. Um, so since, that's been my passion ever since. Uh, after a few years of doing that, so that's now, that is now a dwindlingly small part of my career when you look back on right. it. <laughs> um, so it's probably true to say that I am a career civil servant. So, you know, a, a few years in a digital agency, and then uh, I wanted to sort of see the other side of things and be client side and, you know, kind of see something through to, to, um, to its outcomes rather than just kind of build a thing and hand it over. Yeah. Um, and I joined the civil service. I joined the government communications profession. No, well. Um, and my first gig was in the Department for Trade and Industry, as it was then, as an assistant information officer. Uh, so, you know, young, eager civil servant. <laughs> um, and my early days of... So there were some digital elements to that job, but actually quite a lot of my earliest uh, civil service gig was uh, going to number 10 every week to do the grid meeting, which oh, is the, wow, yeah. the kind of Alistair Campbell era. Yeah, it's still yeah, the process yeah. now. And I've, you know, I've sort of been moving around within the department. So there's a kind of eight-year period, which I'm not going to go into in any detail, where I sort of moved around between different departments yeah. um, uh, doing digital things and you know, kind of worked my way up the, um, the, the greasy pole of yeah. the civil service yeah. uh, from a sort of you know, web manager managing a bit of a website and looking after the content and the kind of information architecture through to like running whole teams, running yeah. the sort of website, internet, social media um, side of things. And, and during those years, did a lot of work on, you know, kind of product development around, you know, online consultation tools and yeah. you know, digital engagement platforms. Um, uh, and, <clears throat> uh, and lots of frustration, actually. So this brings us to the kind of beginning of the GDS story. So this is the 2010 Martha Lane Fox yeah. bombshell. So, so that the the old way, uh, you know, the kind of traditional way, and this is pretty common, not just in government, but you know, everywhere. Like websites, kind of sprung out of being a thing led by communications teams. Mm -hmm. of, you know, it's just another channel for us to do our communications, and um, and it is. But it is also, as we all now know, uh, the way that people do um, uh, do their business and transact, and, mm. and, and people come to your website to do a thing, to, to you know, use a service, to fulfil a need. Um, and it took a long time for the civil service to recognise that. And so for many years, um, myself and others in the sort of digital communications teams within departments were kind of getting increasingly frustrated and sort of a, a lone voice, really, sort of yeah. talk, trying within our departments to sort of show them the data that we had and go, look, people are coming uh, for things that we're not providing yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. We, need yeah. to, we need to do a better job of this. Um, a lot of that falling on deaf ears, it's sort of not getting prioritised in the way that it needed to. Uh, and also clearly, you know, fragmented across, you know, thousands of websites yeah. across all of these organizations. Um, a lot of great work was done before GDS. And this, you know, this story has been told on the on the history of GDS yeah, yeah. series of blog posts, which if people haven't seen are really well worth looking at. Yeah. 
um, you know, we Tom Loosemore's talked about this before about standing on the shoulders of giants, and you know, there was there was enormous effort over many many years to digitise government, yeah. to centralise things, to put users first, and you know, direct govern business link were the current incarnations of that, yeah. uh, of a sort of service-led approach. But it was just a, a small proportion of, you know, the overall service offering from yeah. government. Uh, and it was still really quite comps-focused. It was still, you yeah. know, the conversations were about reach and, you know, the, there was advertising to try and promote the existence of these channels, etc. You know, lots of it was kind of written from the perspective of the department trying to tell people what they should do rather than understanding what it is that people are trying to do and then yeah. you know, designing things that meet those needs. So, GDS. Um, in, you know, 2010, as you, this is a really well-told story and people are pretty familiar with it now, but 2010, Martha Lane Fox was commissioned to review the government's website, um, particularly DirectGov, but she took a broader remit and looked at the whole thing. Yeah. And in summary, said, start again. Revolution, um, not evolution. Revolution, not evolution. Yeah, that was the yeah. title. And that was because you mentioned. I think it's interesting that the, and everyone at GDS or who has been at GDS has said like like Tom that we're standing on the shoulders of giants and huge amounts of work was done beforehand. But why do you think Martha's report was such a turning point? Because it was because it kind of you know it led to a huge amount of change. Yeah. So it was. I mean, it's a really pithy, succinct little letter. Um, yeah. There's not a huge amount of you know. It's not reams and reams of paper, and it was just quite a simple call to action really, which was to say you know you you need to take ownership of the user experience yeah. in a new organization yeah. uh, and empower, you know, empower a new leader and organization under that leader to, to do that, to kind of, you know, take a user-led approach. That was a yeah. different thing. Take a user-led approach and, and to use the methods that are being used everywhere else. You know, so yeah. the government had not yet really sort of caught up to what was going on in, in the wider technology industry around ways of working, agile yeah. and so forth, around, you know, working iteratively, experimentally and, and proving things early rather than kind of upfront requirement specs and then yeah. out comes something at the end, which you then later discover it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, so those those were the two things, really. It was that focus on user needs and that kind of work in that different way, which yeah. was bringing skills into government that hadn't been here before, you know, design. Yeah. Uh, design and user research and, and software development skills that hadn't previously been done in-house. It had always been outsourced. Um, yeah. So it was a clear and simple strategy or strategic direction from yeah. Martha Lane Fox's report, there was a clear mandate. I mean, this has been talked about a lot that we had, um, or GDS had Francis Maud kind of backing it yeah, at a very yeah. high level yeah, that and was giving the it the thing. mandate. To, yeah, it wasn't just Martha's letter. Uh, yeah. You know, it was ab absolutely a kind of perfect storm of, you know, political will. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, and the kind of the timing being, yeah. being yeah. right. Uh, but yeah, so the, the Martha letter came out when... I was so head of digital comms or some title like that at the Department for Business. Mm. Um, so I moved moved around between departments, ended up back in the Department for Business again. And um, so it, you know, it was advocating something pretty radical mm. that that would be a threat really to you mm. know the kind of digital comms view, you know, to a comms-led kind of view of uh, controlling our channels. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of an interesting situation to find myself in right so i was reading this <laughs> uh, re reading this stuff from from martha and thinking this is brilliant yeah you know this is this is what we've sort of been waiting for you know this is absolutely the right thing uh but then sort of internally what my job required required me to do some more sort of you know kind of m maybe circumspect yeah. briefing to yeah. the to the minister and to the director of comms about you know actually well this is a risk to us yeah yeah um 
so I was sort of doing both of those things. I was, you know, talking internally about the positives of, the, of, of you know, what this could mean for government, but like the risks to, to our organisation. <laughs> but publicly, I sort of blogged. I, I thought, this, you know, this is brilliant. I blogged enthusiastically about, because uh, I had a blog at the time, right. a personal blog at the time, just blogged about, you know, my thoughts on how, how this could be, you know, this could be the beginning of something really exciting. Uh, and that's the thing that led me to... Um, meeting Tom Loosemore. So okay, Tom, right. Tom Loosemore, uh, who, as we all know, know is the, one of the early architects of of GDS, um, saw my blog post and got in touch and said, "Let's have a chat." Yeah. Um, and that's how my sort of journey into into GDS started. It started by you know answering that email from Tom Loosemore and, and going for pizza with him. Power of blogging. And um, yeah, and, and we had a chat over pizza where he was talking about. Um, his ideas for you know getting an alpha, getting a team together yeah. that could produce something quickly as a sort of throwaway prototype that would show a different way of working. And you know, Tom, Tom was saying stuff that was exciting and um, but contained many new words. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, he's talking about alphas and agile ways of working. I don't know what these things well, are. Because this, is, I mean, now we're at a stage at GDS and throughout government where agile is you know a touchstone of how we work, and it's it's accepted that. You know, we do things. Doing things in agile is doing things better, and um, you know, there's lots of opportunities for people to learn how that works and what that means, and apply that to the things that they do. But at the time, as you said, this didn't really exist in government. Like, no, you as you as someone who would worked in government probably didn't know what agile was. No. How did you learn about it, and how did you know that this is the right approach? Um, so um, a mix of. Uh reading up on it you know so initially just you know going home and googling those new words yeah. um and finding out about these ways of ways of working but also i mean it, it it sort of immediately spoke to me so i'd just been through you know i'd been through several years of several projects where i'd f- felt just how awful and frustrating it is to to um to build websites in a in a waterfall way yeah. so you know i've got um some uh, yeah, some really t- some difficult experiences that I had at Bayes um, when we rebuilt the website there, and it was project managed by a a very th- thorough uh, project manager in a waterfall way, you know. Mm. Um, and I was the sort of I was the SRO, senior responsible officer, I think, or senior user, I think it is in a Prince Two um, language for um, for the website, and mm. you know, my, the, and as the, as the website was progressing, you know, we had a requirements document up front, all that kind of way of working, specifying as much as with as much kind of predicting the future and guesswork as we possibly can, a, a load of stuff and writing it down around this is what the website needs to do, this is what the publishing system needs to do, mm. um, uh, and then handing that over to us to a supplier who then starts to try and interpret that and build that. And during that process, seeing as the thing is emerging and we're doing the you know user acceptance testing and all of that stuff on it, that, that this is just by, this is just far away from the thing that I yeah. had in my head. Yeah. So there's already a sort of a, a gap between, you know, the written word and then the kind of meaning that goes into yeah, the, the yeah, heads yeah. of the people yeah. who are then building that thing. Yeah. Uh, and then also all of the change that's occurring at the same time. So, you know, whilst we are building that thing, the world is not staying still yeah. and, and there's an enormous amount of change in our understanding around yeah. what we want that thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to get those changes in, but facing the kind of waterfall approach, yeah. kind of rigid change control process, yeah. and just feeling like I'm banging my head against a brick yeah. wall. Yeah. Uh, it was really uh, frustrating. And then, you know, when I 
back to the sort of question about how do I learn about agile and some of these new these new concepts yeah. it was really only when I got in there so you know I was excited about, I, I knew what the bad thing felt like yeah. you know and I knew that that wasn't right and I knew that 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 you absolutely need to embrace the change as, yeah. as part of the process embrace learning as part of the process of delivering something as sort of you know live and um uh, uh, and ever changing as a, as a website um and then I came in um uh, as a product manager, yeah. initially part time, and then uh, full time when GDS was like properly established and able to advertise a role, yeah. uh, and started working with uh, with Peter Hurley. He was yeah. um, he's still here now in GDS. Yeah, on Notify, yeah. Uh, he's uh, yeah he's um, lead product manager on Notify now. But back then he was a de- delivery manager. Yeah. Tom again, Tom Loosemore um, was a sort of you know making stuff happen behind the scenes, and he was the person who introduced me and. Uh, me and Pete, and he said something along the lines of, you know, Neil's a guy who knows what needs to happen, and Pete's a guy who knows, knows how to make it happen. <laughs> um, you two should talk. Um, so <clears throat> we did, and uh, you know, I kind of learnt a lot uh, of what I know, what I now know yeah. um, from working with Pete and working as we then built out a team, working yeah. with some like terrific, you know, terrific talented software developers, designers, content designers, and so yeah. forth, and user researchers in a multidisciplinary way. Uh, and learning on the job what it meant to be a product manager. Yeah. Uh, obviously, reading up about it, you know, going on a few, I went on a few courses, I think, too, but like mostly learning on the job. Yeah. And that, and that, you know, zooming back out a little bit to the GDS kind of career experience, like I've learned so much here. Yeah. I've never learned as much in any, uh, probably in, in the whole of the rest <laughs> of my career as I've learned in, in my time here. Because that, that first year was learning about Agile, learning how to put the team together, learning how to build this thing, learning how to land it. At what stage did you realise, oh, we've done this now, this this thing is landing and it's getting big and it's successful and, oh, wow, we're in charge of a piece of national infrastructure now? That's an interesting question. So I guess, uh, I mean, I always knew it would. So we knew what we were building at the start. Mm. We knew we were building something. So you didn't have any doubts that this was going to work, really? Uh, oh, God, yeah, we had absolute doubt. I mean, yes, <laughs> the, 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 there was... Uh, the prevailing view when we started was that this will not work. Mm. Um, not internally. I mean, internally. So you know, it was it was certainly a stretch goal, right? It was um, it was ambitious, um, and it felt it felt a little bit impossible, but like in a really exciting way. And that's mm. you know that's one of the I, you know that is one of the key ingredients of of success, mm. right? Is you want your team to feel like something is ju- only just about doable, right? <laughs> and then that re- there's nothing more motivating yeah. than, than, a, than a deadline and a nearly impossible task. Yeah. Um, and also a bunch of naysayers saying this will never work. <laughs> um, and that really united us as a, as a team. So uh, what then happened? Because I, I think we talked quite a lot about the early days and a lot has been written, obviously, um, and GDS was blogging like crazy in those days about the early stages and how quickly you built the thing and how quickly you transitioned onto it. And one thing that... We have talked about it as GDS, but probably not in as great detail. Is what happened when it then got big, right. and you had to deal with issues of scale, and you had to deal with deal with issues issues of um, so something a lot of people on on gov.uk have talked to me about is, is tech debt. Right, you built this thing very quickly, and you, yeah. you had quite a bit of tech debt involved. So, yeah, how did you deal with that? Did you and, and presumably you always knew this was a problem you were going to have to face? Uh, y- yes, t- to a degree. Yeah, so it's. Um we, yeah, we scaled massively. That, that 14 people that did a bit on Alpha scaled very rapidly to mm. being 140 people. Mm. You know, lots of teams working in parallel uh, and building bits of software um, just in time, like I was, like I was just talking about. Like yeah. just, just in time for like, we, we, we're not going to build anything we don't have to build. Yeah. We're just going to build what's necessary to achieve the, the transition to shut these other websites down yeah. and bring them all in. So, you know, 
<clears throat> but that approach means you're sort of layering stuff on top of yeah. other stuff and, yeah. uh, and things were getting built um, by different teams in parallel kind of adding to this kind of growing growing code base and yeah. in some cases therefore du- duplicative kind of stuff happening where you yeah. know we've got maybe we've, we've built one publishing system for you know publishing a certain kind of format or con- of content another publishing system for publishing another kind of format of content and and then in the process sort of we've ended up with two different ways of doing something like you know attachments asset yeah. management and, yeah um and then we've got then we've got complexity and we've got uh, bits of code that uh, different teams don't know how to change without like a quite a steep learning curve yeah. and, and so on and that and that was the case everywhere so that yeah. was <clears throat> given the pace of, where, of how fast we were going um, and, and how ambitious the, the kind of timescales were for shutting down what, was, what turned out to be 1882 websites <laughs> um, exactly uh, was uh, you know it was uh, it was incredible um, so the we knew, yeah, we yeah. knew. Uh, it was talked about. Uh, it was it was done knowingly that uh, we are making we are making things here that we're going to have to come back to. Yeah, uh, that are that are going to be good enough for now. Yeah, and they're going to achieve achieve what we need to achieve. Um, but they'll need fixing. And yeah, they'll, they'll need replacing. Yeah, uh, and consolidating. So we absolutely knew. <clears throat> there was much talk of it. Quite a lot of it got written down at the time. It was like yeah. you know this is some some tech debt that we're going to definitely need to come back to. Yeah. Um, we, 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 yeah, we weren't blind to that fact, but I think the um, the degree of it and the amount of time it took to to resolve it, I think, yeah. was slightly unexpected. Yeah, and that's partly because of massive personnel change as well. So, yeah, you know, straight off uh, off the back of finishing, you know, well, I say finishing, Gov.uk Gov. is never finished, <laughs> right? Just get that out there. Uh, always, always be iterating. Uh, so Gov.uk's like initial build and the transition and the shutting down, you know, the kind of transition story of shutting down those 1,882 websites mm. had an end date, mm-hmm. and that end date felt like a like a like a kind of step change to many people. As mm. in, you know, lots of people came into GDS in those early days to do the disruptive thing, mm. to do the startup thing, mm. um, <clears throat> to do Martha's Revolution, mm. right? And then that moment of Actually, we've now shut down the the last website. Yeah. Um, to lots of those people, felt like that's, that's now we're the, going the now now line. we're going into some other mode. You know, yeah. now we're going into like actually we're just part of government now, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't know that I necessarily want to be part of that. So there was some natural kind of like yeah. drifting away of some people. Plus, also budget budgets shrank at that point. Yeah, you know, the yeah. pro, the project to do transition was funded. Yeah. Um, and came to an end. So actually, we were going to go go down to a kind of operational smaller team anyway. So yeah. so a kind of combination of attrition of people leaving anyway, plus the fact that we did need to get a bit smaller. Um, but also at that time, it's, that's when um, the early founders of GDS left. So yeah. Mike Bracken, uh, Tom Lusmore, Ben Terrett yeah. uh, left around that time, which also led to some other people kind of going, well, actually, I, I came here for them. Yeah. Um, I came here with them yeah. uh, and I'm leaving too. Yeah. So that meant that we had the tech debt to deal with at a time when we also had quite a lot of new stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we had all of this kind of unknown and not terribly well documented kind of code that was built really yeah. quickly by yeah. lots of different people in different ways. Plus, you know, people who didn't weren't part of that kind of joining the team and kind of looking at it and going, oh, I can oh, really, what, you know, what have we got here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where do I start with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it took a long time. Um, and I think, you know, it's common in, in agile software development to underestimate how, how long things might take. It's yeah. a kind of industry problem uh, that you need to account for. Well, this is the interesting thing, because it, it, it feels to me as an observer that there kind of have been three main stages of gov.uk so far. So there's kind of the build and transition, which we talked about quite a lot. There's the, the kind of, the growth and sustainability 
years, I suppose, yeah. where you were sorting out the tech desk and you were making this thing sustainable and you were dealing with departmental requests and you were putting in structures and process and maturing it. And now it feels like we're in a kind of a new stage where a lot of that structural stuff has been sorted out. And that means you can do really exciting things like the work that Kate Ivy Williams and, and Sam yeah. Dove and their team have been doing on end-to-end services mm. and the work that's been going on to look at voice activation on gov.uk and the work that's been done that Nikki Zachariah and her team have been looking at sort of machine learning structure in the content. And it feels like, oh, this is actually <clears throat> now, having sorted out those fundamentals, there's a whole load of stuff we can do. Yeah, absolutely. So we're sort of, you know, <clears throat> we're iterating wildly again, I'd say, you know, like back to that back to that feeling of, of um, you know, early, early gov.uk of where we're actually we're able to turn ideas into into you know working working software and working product yeah, yeah. Re- relatively quickly again yeah so some of the stuff we're doing now is actually you know it's greenfield stuff again we're back to you know some, a lot of the ideas we had around making the publishing system like right way back when in you know the early days of GDS um, making the publishing system like really intuitive and um, uh, and you know giving data intelligence to publishers so that they can understand how services are performing and see where to prioritize and get like really rich insights about you know how their stuff as a department is 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 working for users. We're getting to that now. Yeah, um, yeah. we're starting to rebuild our publishing tools with a proper user centric design, which you know we didn't do enough of in the because we had to focus on the end yeah. end users yeah. kind of more uh, in the early days. And it's it's great to be doing that now. Yeah. We're also deleting some stuff, which I which <laughs> was you know the mistakes that I made, you know, <laughs> um, which feels good on my kind of way out. Yeah, you yeah. know, some of the things yeah. that we did that um, that have stuck around way longer than we intended them to. Yeah. Uh, have, have are now being now being deleted. We're now able to kind of go. Actually, we know now. You know what we've known for a while that this isn't the right solution, and yeah. we're able to kind of you know change things more radically. So yeah, we're doing really exciting stuff. Thanks what, for mentioning it. What are you most excited about? Because you're um, hand it words. Jan Allen is who was <clears throat> lead product manager on yeah. Gov.uk for a couple of years. I think yeah. she's taking over now as head of Gov.uk after you leave. What what are you most excited about seeing her and the team? do what do you think is the biggest challenge that they face yeah so i'm i'm thrilled that jen's taking over the job um she obviously knows you know knows the product knows the team really 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 well and she's absolutely brilliant so um and there is some incredibly exciting stuff happening right now which i'll be sad not to be here for um you mentioned one of them that's the step-by-step navigation product which is you know our solution for how do you create an end-to-end holistic service that meets a whole user need so you know government You've, if you've been following GDS at all, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have, um, <laughs> then you know, you'll know you have seen stuff from Lou Down and from Kate Ivy Williams and many other people around end-to-end services and you mm. know, what we mean by services and service design um, around, around services, but you know, good services being verbs and bad services being nouns. So you know, government has the habit of, of creating sort of schemes and initiatives and forms and giving them names, uh, and then kind of they stick around for a mm. really long time. Uh, and users end up even having to learn those names in some cases. You know, the classic example is, you know, I want to sawn my car. Yeah, like, what yeah, the hell does that even mean? Yeah. Um, whereas actually what they want to do is take their car off the road. It's, a, it's an actual thing that someone, an actual human wants to do. <laughs> um, and so, you know, nearly every interaction or, or task that you have with government requires um, more than one thing. You know, you need to look at some content. You need to look at some, you might need to transact. You might need to fill in a form. You might need to go and do some stuff that's not with government. You know, you might need to just kind of read something, understand what the rules are, and then go and, uh, and go and do something offline. So, you know, if you're a childminder, you've got a step there, which is you've got to go and actually set up your your space and get it inspected. And then you come back and there's more to do with, with government. Um, so those those things need setting out clearly for people. You know, yeah. it's, it, 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 it's still the case now. 
despite all of the great work that we've done on gov.uk to improve all of this stuff, it's still far too much the case that people have to do all of that work themselves. Yeah, that they yeah. have to kind of piece together the fragments of content and, and transactions and forms that they need to do. So what we are doing with our step-by-step navigation product is that's the kind of like product kind of um, output of a lot of thinking that's been happening in GDS for many years around, you know, how do you join services together end-to-end around the user? Yeah. Um, so we've we've done that. We've got that product. It's been tested. It works really, really well. Like to look at, you might just look at it and go, well, that's really not, that's not much to that, is there? That's just some numbered steps and yeah. some links, right? Yeah, it is. Um, but the uh, getting something that looks that simple yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and that really works, and works. Is, is actually a ton of work. Um, and we've put in a huge amount of work into proving that and testing that and making sure that really works, yeah. making it as simple as it is. And, and the work is in, you know, the, the lion's share of that work is is actually in the service design uh, in the, and in the content design yeah, yeah, of going yeah, like, let's yeah. find out, let's map out what is, well, first of all, let's understand what the users need. Yeah. And then let's map out what, what are the many things that come together in what order in order yeah. to meet that need. Before we wrap up, just wanted to ask you to give a couple of reflections on your time at GDS. What's the thing you're most proud of? Or what was your proudest moment? Huh. That's tricky, man. I've been here a long time. I've done a lot. Of, I mean, you know, been, I say I've done a lot of good stuff. I've I've been around while some really good stuff has happened. <laughs> been in the room. <laughs> like, you know, I've had a little bit to do with it. Uh, it's got to be the initial build. I think you know, well, other than wearing a Robocop T-shirt to um, to a very formal event, yeah. I think it's probably uh, which I'm still proud of. Uh, it's probably the um, it's got to be the initial build of, of Gov.uk. And that yeah. was the thing that I was directly involved with, and it and it was just the most ridiculous fun I've ever had. <laughs> and I can't imagine ever doing something as important or uh, or sort of fast-paced or um, sort of ridiculous as that again. Yeah. Um, you know, there were moments during that when... Um, actually, I don't think I can even tell that story in public. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were some things that happened that, that were uh, just as a consequence of, like, the speed that we were going... Um, that, that, you know, just they're, they're, they're some funny memories. That's what I'm going to say about that. That's, all, yeah, That's just, call, if you corner, wanna, corner Neil in what, a pub or cafe exactly. in South London, and if you want to hear that story yeah. in the future. What, what, was the, what was the scariest moment, or what was the moment when you thought, oh, my God, this might not actually work, this thing might fall apart, or were there moments like that? I don't know. I think that not, no. I think, I think we've always had the confidence that kind of we have, because of the talent that we've, we've brought in, you mm. know, the capability and the kind of the motivation that everyone has... Um, when bad things have happened, you know, when, when we've had sort of, you know, security threats or, or any kind of like technical failures, just the, the way that this team scrambles um, and the expertise that we've, that we've got mm. just means that I'm, I'm always, always confident that mm. it's going to be okay. You know, people are, people are here in GDS because they really care. Um, and they're, they're also like incredibly capable, yeah. you know, some of the best of the best. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm not saying that's an that's a organisation design uh, or a process that I would advocate that people have to scramble when things uh, when things fail. But in those early days, when G- when Gov.uk was relatively newly launched, yeah. and we were going through that transition of you know from being built to to run, uh, those were the days where maybe maybe the operations weren't in place yet um, for uh, dealing with everything that might come at us, and, and there was there was a lot of sort of you know all hands to the pump kind of scrambling in those days. And it, but it always it always came right, and, and was you know, sort of poetry to watch you know <laughs> um just you know it would sort of those moments would actually be the moments where you'd be really most proud of yeah of the team you and realize to be part how of it good just the people like, are you yeah. know when it comes down to it these people yeah. are really amazing yeah 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 and finally what's the thing you're going to miss the most 
Uh, I think it's the, the well, it's the people, isn't it? That's sort of a cheesy thing to say, but it's genuinely <laughs> true. Like, I've made some amazing friends here. Um, you know, some people who I, I hope I can call lifelong friends. Many many people who've you know already left UDS, who I'm still in touch with and, and see all the time. Um, it's incredible coming into work and working with people who are so like-minded and so capable and so trusting of each other uh, and so funny you know I I laugh all the time (laughs) coming to work and it's it's fun it's so much fun and we're doing something so important and we're supporting each other and you know the culture is just so good and the people the people are what makes that yeah um so cheesy as it may be it's, it's you, all Angus. About people. It's you, Angus. I'm oh, going to miss you. I was, that was a leading question. <laughs> <laughs> um, Neil Williams, thank you so much for doing that. And it's best a pleasure. of luck uh, in the future. Thanks very much. I miss you lots. Thank you. <laughs> so that wraps up the very first Government Digital Service podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. We're aiming to do lots more episodes of this. Um, we're aiming to do around one episode a month. And we're going to be talking to lots of exciting and interesting people, both inside GDS and outside GDS. And we're going to be talking about things like innovation and digital transformation and user-centered design and all sorts of interesting things like that. Um, So if you'd like to listen to future episodes, please go to wherever it is you get your podcasts and subscribe um, to listen to us in the future. And I hope you enjoyed that episode and I hope you listen to more. Thank you very much.